I am super excited about this word tonight. And I am going to be playing with a lot of toys at the same time, so you're going to have to have a little bit of patience with me, because I'm going to figure this all out. We've been uh, playing with some of, our, some of my toys that I get up here that they let me play with, that um, I can control this by myself. Makes me feel like a, like a ninja. And uh, so it's kind of fun for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a preacher ninja. Um, so tonight I want to talk to you about getting from here to there. Say here to there. Here to there. So I want to talk about this concept because over the last couple of weeks, um, I'm constantly thinking about um, the church and where God is leading us and what God is doing in this body. Not only uh, church corporately, uh, but individually, every single one of you as you're a part of the church. I think about this and I think about a lot of the things that we've talked about. Like um, a couple weeks ago, I talked about um, just do what it says, right? Just do what the word says and uh, just applying all these different things. And when I think about the church, I have like. I have like crazy big vision, okay? Crazy big vision. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not one to like rein in my vision because um, I like, I just like, whew, I, I'm just craziness, right? Um, that's just the way God has wired me and um, I feel like that's not supposed to go away, so I'm holding on to it, right? And I believe that God has big vision for this church and I believe that he has big vision for every single one of you here. And when I think about um, some of the vision of the church, you know, I think about um, our ability to be um, generous. Like I, I have this vision and uh, y'all, some of y'all is going to think I'm crazy when I say this, but I literally have a vision where we have a month where we do our boldly generous offering and we're giving $10,000 into the community somewhere like that's like, that's where my, that's where my brain goes. Right. And so I'm a process guy at heart. So after I see that, what I began thinking about, okay, how do I get from here to there? And so this month, I just want to be talking about good biblical concepts for helping you and helping us to get from here to there. Because I believe that inside of every single one of you, God has a purpose. And within that purpose, it is going to take some movement to get from here to there. I have yet in my life to get from here to there without moving. I just tried to teleport. It didn't work. So I didn't do it, right? Here to there. It's a pretty simple concept, but I think that I think it's something that we have to talk about. Because as a process guy, I literally break everything down. Like, we are doing a huge project at work right now, which is like flipping our whole company upside down. And um, Sherry knows it very well. And I, am, I, am, I try to be a detail guy as much as I can. So I think, I'm like thinking through every little piece of this puzzle, right? And... Uh, and it's the exact same way with the church. I know these big visions that God has placed on us as a body. And I believe that the only way we're going to make that happen is we have to, as a body, get from here to there. And we can't do that with just me trying to get from here to there. That will be worthless. And it will exhaust me. And I will get cranky. Do I get cranky? I do. Yeah, I do. She'll tell, I, I answered it before she said yes. So I answered before she said yes. So how do we get from here to there? I want to share um, the first part of the series tonight. So that we're going we're gonna to talk about this in the next couple of weeks. But um, where, where we're going to be tonight, so I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 1 Kings um, chapter 17. 
And we're going to talk about my boy Elijah. Um, you guys know that I love Elijah and I love Elisha. I like, I, I just, I don't know, I just, I camp out there a lot. And uh, as I began thinking about this first week, and this first week of going in to share about this, um, this story just kept jumping out to me. And it didn't make a ton of sense to me when I first thought of it. And uh, so I just kept thinking of it um, until it made sense. And uh, it, it is um, an incredible story that I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go right into. We're going to be uh, chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 7. And I'm going to see how good I am at, at reading like this. We'll see. It says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Okay, this is with Elijah. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day from, for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with what the word of the Lord had spoken to Elijah. So these passages have literally been jumping out to me the last two weeks. This whole idea, um, it was literally one of the first things that I wrote down when I thought about um, this concept. And um, it shows a number of things that have to happen to help us to get from here to there. So tonight what we're going to talk about is understanding our need to trust the Lord. Amen? Amen? To trust the Lord and to trust his word. See, this widow was faced with an extremely difficult decision. Deciding whether she wanted to trust the word from the prophet or not. And literally, it set her up for a story that she couldn't even imagine. And honestly, it set her up for her there, right? For her there where ultimately God intended for her to be and what God wanted for her. This whole, this whole process was necessary for the widow to trust the Lord. And so the first step for us as a church is to trust the Lord. So I want to break down what that means for us. The first step, I believe, in trusting the word and trusting the Lord is that you have to recognize that you have a there. You have to recognize that you have a there. See, when this story begins... She doesn't even think she has it there. All she thinks she has is one last meal and death. That's all she thinks there is for her. But she had a there that she didn't even understand was there. Now, for us, 
I think that many, many of us have fallen into a place where we think we are just stuck where we're at. And this is, this is, this is it for me. I'm never going to go deeper into the word. I'm never going to experience this or experience that or whatever it may be. It may be a relationship. It may be a, 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 a brokenness. I don't know what it might be. But we find ourselves stuck here. And the problem is, is that we don't even think we have a there. See, the widow didn't think that she had a there. She thought she had death. That was her only option. But see, we have to understand that God is our only option. We always have a there when we have God. And see, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? This is very familiar scripture, right? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, right? I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. You have a there. Now, if you, if you go into a way of life where you become, um, I'm trying to think of the right word I would use here. Um, I guess I would say content. Uh, I'm, I'm someone that I'm never satisfied. Um, it's, I'm sorry. That's just the way I am. Um, I, I'm always kind of, my mind's always going for more and better. Um, and I'm not talking about with things. I'm not talking about that type of stuff. But like driving myself um, to be better. And to do things the way that I, I really want to do things. And to be the way that I, I want to be. Um, but if I, if I get settled in here. And I stay here. And I ignore this whole process, I'm never going to get to that there. That's what God has intended for me, right? That's, that's, that's the place that God wants me to be. That's the place that God has designed me to be. That's the place that God has always wanted me to be. But I find myself right here, right? Constantly here. And so the first step is we have to recognize that we have a there. Second Peter 3.9 says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Right? It says, it goes on to say that he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. She didn't even realize her there was an option until she found herself staring at death. And unfortunately for some of us, that's where we have to get to before we open our eyes and we see that God has always made a way of escape. He has always laid a path out for his children to keep us safe and to bring us into the unity with the Father that he has intended for us. But we don't get there if we don't recognize that we have a there. The next thing that I think about is that knowing, knowing that you have a there, knowing that God intends more for you, it is not enough just to know that. You have to begin to visualize what God has for you. When I talk to you about that vision that I have of that, that $10,000 to be giving away, um, it is very vivid. Like I, I, I see it um, in, my, in my face. I don't know, I can't like draw it for you because I'm not a sketch artist. Um, I could maybe describe it to Bethany. She could probably draw it. It might make sense then. Um, but it's something that I visualize. I really see it taking place. I see it happening, okay? When you, when you have decided and you know in your heart that there is somewhere that God has intended for you to be, which is there, you have to visually see what God has for you. Because I believe that in this case, you think about this widow woman, that she had to be open to seeing that. See, she could have, she could have literally said, hey, here's the deal. Um, I'm not giving you any of my stuff. I'm just not, just not interested in doing it. 
Um, and uh, that's it. And I think what happens is a lot of us, we find ourselves in a pit. And when you find yourself in a pit, you know what you're talking about? The pit. Yeah, you're talking a lot about the pit. You're looking at the pit, right? You're talking about what it's like in the pit. You're talking about how awful the pit is and how you wish you weren't in the pit. And you just say, the pit, the pit, the pit, the pit. I hate the pit, right? That's pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. You're just thinking about how, hey, I'm stuck here. And the whole problem is, is that you're sitting here looking like this, right? You're, all you're focused on is you're here. You're focused on right where you're planted. You're focused on right where you're stuck. You're focused on right where you keep coming back to. You're just stuck right here. And the problem is, is that you're never looking up to say, where is God designed for my there to be? Where does he want me to be? And if we don't start asking those types of questions, you're never going to see you're there. You're never going to see what God has for you because it's hard, right? It's, it's hard to look up when you're in the pit because I'll be honest with you. We like talking about the pit. We do. We like talking about the horribleness, the problems, the challenges, the difficulties, the all of it. And I'll be honest with you. We're kind of like drama creatures. So we like hearing about the pit, right? I mean, we, we hear about it. We, it, it it's happening. Guess what? Watch, watch every movie under the sun. There's a pit, right? Someone's in a pit. Whether it's a superhero movie and someone's trying to save them out of the pit, there's a pit. And it's like the whole story is the pit. The pit. <laughs> Psalm 3, I want, I want to read this to you because um, I like what this says. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high, I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. When I read that scripture, that is someone that is in the pit, but you know what they do? They are seeing they're there. They are seeing where God has intended for them to be. And they are speaking out. I don't care how bad it looks. There are people around me who are literally saying, God will not deliver him. That's, that's the people that say you're never going to stop being like this. That you're never going to get out of this situation that you're in. That's what that is. But it says in three, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. That's our God. That is, that is our God. That is our Father. And when we begin to recognize that He has a there for us and we begin to see what that really looks like, then we can begin moving from here to there. See, if there's no... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say there and here probably a lot, so just brace yourself over the next month. And I'm waiting for myself to get a mix up. It's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. But you can't get there if you don't know that it's there, right? Does that make sense? I think it does. I took my uncle to the airport this morning, okay? Um, he lives down in Florida, and uh, he was in town for the month, or for the week, I mean, um, not for the month. He was in town for the week, and he needed a ride to the airport this morning. I said, absolutely, I'll take you to the airport. And uh, he asked me, he, um, as I was, I was walking out of my grandma's house, he said, do you know how to get to the airport? Now, I've drove to the airport a million times. But every time I get close to the airport, my brain blows up. I have no idea why. I don't know if it does that for anyone else. It's just like CBG. And the reason it does it for me is because I just always go into long-term parking. I never 
drop anyone off because I'm the one that's flying. So I just, I like park my car and move on. So as soon as I get there, I'm like, oh man, I, I have no clue where I'm going, right? But when we went to leave, he said, do you know how to get there, right? And I actually said, kind of. And I said, but Google Maps definitely knows how to get there. <laughs> and so I pulled my phone out and that's how we got there. Um, but, but I knew where there was, right? I, I knew that I was going to the airport. I knew that I was going to the Allegiant um, terminal to drop him off so that he could get checked and do it. I knew that that there would be there. Okay? I'm really going to mess this up. I know I'm going to. I knew that. But you have to know that God has a there for you. Not, 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 not just because um, I'm saying it, but because his word says it. Listen, this whole idea is about us trusting the Lord and trusting the word. And when the word says that the Lord is a shield around me, and that he lifts my head, and that he sustains me, and that no matter what anyone else says, he is my God, then we believe this word. There, there is um, this, this whole concept about trusting the word and trusting the Lord is we have got to get this in us, people. We cannot just, just do the fluff. We can't just um, talk about it. This, this has to be ingrained into who we are in every place that we go, in everything that we do. Because let me tell you, when all of a sudden that happens, when someone says to you, God's not going to deliver him, you already know what the word says about that. You already know what you're going to stand on when it comes to that. But if you don't know what it says, you're going to say, maybe he's right. Right? Maybe she's right. Maybe, maybe, maybe God isn't going to pull me out of this pit. Maybe God isn't going to take me to this place. But the word says that he will. And so we have to trust the word of the Lord. We have to trust it. Romans um, 15 through 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you what in him? As you trust in him. As you trust in him. That joy and peace is as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, what people want you to feel today is that you have no hope. They want you to feel like the only hope that you could possibly have is in something in this world. Something here that can pacify whatever you're dealing with. But let me tell you, he is the God of hope. See, when he's a God of hope, that means he is so filled with hope. And that he, give, he will give that freely. But see, we have to trust in him. When we choose to trust in the Father, we are, we are allowing ourselves to walk in the hope. Trusting the Father means, um, I talked to this uh, just the other day, um, trusting means that you don't constantly go back and look at the problem. It doesn't mean you keep looking at the pit and talking about the pit and experiencing the pit. You right? That's not what you do. It says here that we trust in Him. So our speech begins to change, just like his did in Psalms, right? He continued to say that the Lord's a shield. He is my glory. He's the one that lifts my head high. I call out to him, and he answers me from his holy mountain. That is our God. But you have to be able to see your new there. Too many people have been convinced by Satan that their here is as good as it gets. That is a lie. 
Too many people have gotten settled because they've said, this is just the way the rest of my life's going to be. This is just, this is just the cards that I've been dealt, whatever it is. And let me tell you, that is not what I see in the word here. God offers such a hope. He is the God of hope. And guess what? He's not hopeless. So when you feel hopelessness, guess what? It ain't him. It's not God. When you feel that hopelessness come on you, you have to recognize this, that is not the there that God has intended for me. And you can immediately get rid of that vision because those visions are going to come. You're going to see this hopelessness of I'm going to stay in this pit forever, right? But God has more for you. So we have to recognize that we have it there. We have to see our new hair, our, our new hair, man. The bald guy had to say new hair. Seriously? You have to see your new there. Gosh. But you have to make a move. You have to make a move, right? I, I, uh, you guys will hear me say this a lot. I say it to Beth all the time. Um, I, I had always said that I am not going to be a person that ever looks back and says, I wish I would have. I will absolutely end up probably being a person that looks back and says, I wish I wouldn't have. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you. The reason I want to be that type of person is because I can deal with, I wish I wouldn't have a lot easier than I wish I would have. See, God doesn't want your life to be a life that when you get to the end, that you look back and you say, I wish I would have. Because the purposes and the things that he has for you, they may not be where you're at right now. They may not be at your here, but they are at your there. And we, we individually and we as a body, we need to stop being okay with here. We shouldn't be okay with here. We should constantly be working to there because it doesn't matter how long we're here. I plan on living about 123, okay? That's my guesstimates. Got to cut out some bacon and do a little bit faster running. Um, but I want to get there. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to mess up a lot. And guess what? You're going to mess up a lot. But we, if we come together and we say, hey, we want to get there, we can do it. But we have to start by making a move. The widow woman was faced with a choice. That choice, she, she literally could have said, you know what? This is my last day with my son. I'm not really interested in sharing it with you. She could have. She could have very, very easily said that. See, her decision wasn't about if she would make him that bread or not. Her decision was whether she wanted to get out of her here and into her there because there was a promise that came with Elijah's request. See, Elijah's request said, if you do it, that jar and that oil, it won't run out until the rain comes again. See, there was a promise tied to making that decision. And every single one of you, I'm telling you, there was a promise tied to that decision that you have to make. There was a promise that will open up that, but you have to make a move. She could have absolutely said, and I would, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have blamed her for it, right? I wouldn't have blamed her if she would have said, this is our last meal. Me and my son are going to die. 
And I love, I actually love what he said um, in, in when you read it because he, he tells her, um, um, sh- let me see if I can find it here. Uh, oh, I love how he tells her to go home and do as you have said. Because what she said to him is, I'm going to go um, make a meal for me and my son and then we're going to die. And he said, okay, go ahead and go do that. <laughs> go ahead and do that, but bring me some bread first. Like, if someone said that to you, you'd be like, get lost. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you're going to go die? Um, make me some bread before you do, please. Um, that wouldn't go very well. But she, she chose to move. See, she chose to do, she chose to trust. She, tro- she chose to trust the word from the prophet. And every single one of you, I'm telling you, God is wanting to speak to you and is wanting to spur you on to something more. She chose to move, trusting the word, and what it did is it allowed her to step into her new there. She recognized it, right? She saw the opportunity that was there. She began to see herself in that new there, likely with her son, and she made a move to make it happen. And I know that this story is so much about Elijah and the miracle of what took place there, but when you think about that widow, and you think about Everything in her mind should have been telling her no. Everything about that situation should have been telling her no. She only had a little bit left, but she trusted the Lord. And if we as a body are going to get from here to there, whatever there looks like, right? Whatever, whatever is waiting for us in that spot, the only way we're going to do that is if we make a move. We have to decide that we are going to trust the Lord. We can no longer just be satisfied with things that it is. It says in Psalm 910, it says, those who know your name, trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Never. It's never forsaken those who seek you. This is the confidence that every single one of us needs to make that move, whatever it looks like. You know, I believe that every single one of you, you probably have your own um, vision of what that move is for you. You may know that thing that easily besets you, right? That thing that easily makes you fall over, that thing that easily strips you down, the thing that easily keeps you from being able to get in the word or trust God. You know what that thing is. I'm not gonna call things out because I don't think I need to. God hasn't called me to do that, but. But we have to trust in this, in this word. And we have to start recognizing that God doesn't want us to stay here. There are a lot of people that from a church perspective, they would tell me, hey, you guys have done great, right? Where you're at is phenomenal. You guys just need to coast now, right? But that's not what God has called us to do. God has called us to be, to be um, bolder than even we know right now. And so as a body, what I'll tell you is that we're going there, (laughs) right? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how comfortable it makes us. (laughs) I just want to flow and follow God in everything that we do. And I told you early on, many of you have heard me say that when when God called us to do, um, to create and start this church, what he called us to do is to, to create, uh, that he told us that God wanted to create a new mold, is what he said. 
Because church, as many people know, it has been exactly the same in terms of um, the way you got to dress and the way you got to act and the way you got to be. And you can't talk about this because if so-and-so hears you saying that you struggle with this, they're going to tell the pastor and the pastor's going to go crazy. And then they're going to tell this person and that person's going to tell all this craziness, right? Um, and what, what we felt like God put in our heart is that he wanted to create a new mold. And I'll be honest with you, it's not quite the way we always envision things. But what he said to us is he said, I want it to be fluid. I want it to be able to flow in the direction that I want to go. And if it doesn't look the way that you, you thought it would look, get over it. God talks to me like that. It's cool. <laughs> We're close like that. And so I say, I say to God and I say to every single one of you that we are going to go from here to there. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know what all he's going to have to pull out of me and us to do that. But I want to go from here to there because I want to be a person that's not afraid to make that move. I want to be a, a person who's not afraid to actually see, even though it might feel good in my here. I want to I want to go there. I want to be wherever God wants us to be. And I want to chase after that with everything that I can. And and we as a body need to do that together. See, it's not about me or Bethany chasing after this. It's about us Amen. chasing after this. It's not enough for real church if I just chase after it. It's not. We have to do this as a body because as we begin to chase after this, we will see God do something incredible. But you have to make a move. Tiff, I'm going to ask if you would come as I get ready to close. Getting from here to there, we have got to, as a church and as individuals, we have to trust the Lord. Now, when I felt God bringing me here, I was a little frustrated about it because it is too incredibly simple, right? I mean, trust the Lord. Got it? Right? Trust the Lord. We have to trust the Lord. We have to trust his word. And I was a little frustrated because I was like, I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more that I'm supposed to go into. I feel like there's more that's supposed to be said about this. I feel like we, we need more than just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Um, and then he reminded me, hey, you idiot. He didn't say idiot. I put that in there. But he said, that's really what you have to do. <laughs> we have to trust God. It does not matter what anything else looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. In Psalms, the writer wrote that there was 10,000 assailants around him, right? And he said, I trust in the Lord. Now, I don't know about y'all. I ain't got about 10,000 around me. I'm pretty good. There might be a couple. I don't know. But I tr I'm going to trust in the Lord. And so every single one of us, that means that we're going to believe what this says. We're going to do it, guys. we got to do it. We're not just going to talk about it. We're not going to just sugarcoat it, right? We're going we're gonna to read this word. And we're going to do what it says, but we have to trust it. It's not enough for you to come and hear it. You have to trust it. See, if you hear it and you say, I don't know if it really means that the Lord's going to pull me out of my pen. I don't know that, um, you know, he, he really has a there for me or, or um, that he really wants. Listen, if you do that, then you're going to be a hearer of the word and not a doer like we talked about. God wants us to get to our there. He wants every single one of you to get to that place. I don't know what that place looks like for you. 
But I know, I, I have a vision of what that place looks like for us as a church. And I believe that we are going in that direction. But I'm telling you right now, we are not going to get satisfied with here. We could easily do it. But let me tell you, you've got someone that you know. You've got a friend. You've got a neighbor. You've got a sibling. You've got someone that you know that needs Jesus. And that's not my problem with this. I've told you before, I'm not a pastor that's going to say, just bring your lost friends here and let them meet Jesus. No, I'm going to tell you, introduce them to Jesus. Because that's our job. It's not my job. It's our job. And as we begin to do that, I believe that he is going to continue to take us from here to there. Because what God wants to do in this community is bigger than what we're doing right now. And I'm going to just keep going. And I'm just going to keep keep pushing for that. And you need to do that individually for yourself as well. Because God wants to take you to your there. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. Tonight, I believe that this is the first part of... I don't even know how many, how long this series is going to be. Hopefully I at least make it to a second sermon because I've already called it a series, so I'm kind of committed to that. Help me, Jesus. I believe that this is a starting point for us. I feel like I'm always going to say that we're just starting because <laughs> I don't ever want to end, right? I don't ever want to end. So... I feel like we are, we are just getting to this point now where we are coming together as a body. We are starting to really join up and that we are now beginning to move into this process to get from here to there. Whatever that looks like, whatever God designs for us, I'm, I'm game for it. And what I'm challenging you to do is that he wants to do this in your own personal life. He wants to take you out of your here and bring you to the there that he has intended you for. But you know what you have to do? The first thing you have to do you have to trust the Lord. You have to. You can't question it. You just trust. Bethany and I have been a part of these leadership um, conference things. And um, how many of you all have ever done a trust fall? Anyone ever trust fall? Oh, yeah. You know, you stand up here and you wait like this. And then you don't look and you just fall. Man, good thing I didn't do that. Y'all would have let me hit the ground. That could have been a great visual, but then my, I don't have any padding because I don't have any hair. Um, but that trust fall, they, the reason they want you to do that exercise is the idea of just blindly trusting your team is likely what they want to do. Now, I can be honest with you. The trust fall doesn't always turn out good um, in, from a human perspective. Beth and them dropped their boss um, when they did the trust fall, and uh, that wasn't good. They were probably just giggling so much that they just, that's probably what happened. Um, but we got, we have to start trusting Jesus like that. I mean, we, we, we got to start trusting his word like that. We, we cannot, listen church, we cannot find ourselves in a position where we even are going against what this says for our own life. Believing the lies of the enemy. Believing that we don't have a purpose Believing that he's done with us. Let me tell you, as long as there is breath in your lungs, God is going to use you. One of the things I used to always hate in churches that I've been in is um, 
there would be this, um, I'm going to try to be careful the way I say this, but a group of what I would call the senior saints that would say, God's done. I've already done my job. It's up to you. And I would tell them every time, he's not done with you. You still have work to do. You still have people to mentor and to love on and to encourage. There's so much for you. And my grandfather, you know, he passed away a year ago. And he was, was he 86, I think, when he died? He was 86 years old. And you know what? Even in that age, he'd have his oxygen tank <laughs> with him. And he would go fishing at a river or wherever. And every time, he, he, what he called himself was a riverbank evangelist. That's what his title was. I'm a riverbank evangelist. And every time he went there, he always caught fish. God blessed him. He always caught fish. And every time he caught fish, you know what happened? Someone would come ask him, what are you doing? And he would say, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. But first, I get to tell you about Jesus. So I don't care where you fall on the scale. God still has a there for you. And whether it's here, in terms of real church, <laughs> Or whether it's not, what I'm going to tell you is you need to be chasing after that because God wants to do that with you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for everybody in this house. And God, I pray that we as a body would trust you more. God, let us, let us trust you more than we ever have before. God, let us, let us trust your word. Let us believe and stand on it in every situation that we find ourselves in. God, I pray that we as a church, that we would be a church that is filled with such real faith. God, we, we put that in there because, God, we know that's what you've intended for us. Not, a, not a, a phony faith that fades away as soon as we walk out of here, but, God, a real faith that we depend and we believe on you to supply for us. And so, God, tonight, I pray that every single one of us, God, that you would awaken that vision to wherever there is. That, God, you would stir that up in us. And that this week, God, you would begin to do a new work in every single one of us, God, to see where you were taking us. Not just individually, but, God, as a body corporately. Because, God, I know the visions that you were giving us. And, God, I believe that you were going to give them to them for this place. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to see that. And if there's anyone in here tonight that says, I have not received Jesus, that I have found myself in a pit for way too long, and I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and today I want to make a profession of faith to say that, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, and that I receive you as my Savior, and that I receive the sacrifice that you made for me on the cross. If that is you today, and you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand up and then put it right back down. No one's going to look at you. Amen. Thank you. No one's going to make you do anything weird, but we want to pray a prayer of faith together as a body to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm going to ask everyone to pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in your word, and I trust you. God, I make you the Lord of my life, and I proclaim that today is a new day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.